Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the book of Colossians. We're in the first chapter. We've been hanging out around verses 15 through 20 for several episodes here. These verses are so, so important to understand who the Lord Jesus Christ is, who God is, Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, uh, what they have done for us, what they continue to do for us. And uh, these passages really, really give us a foundation for dealing particularly with uh, false teachings within the church, okay? False teachings in the world. So I want to go back and start with verse 15 again, okay? And reread it. I know we've read it several times. <clears throat> we'll continue to do that because um, repetition is at the heart of learning, okay? So verse 15 says this, He, and that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body of the church, and he is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was Father's good pleasure for all the fullness of the deity to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So as I've said before, it takes about a minute to read those verses. And we would do very, very well to read these repeatedly and just be reminded of who the Lord is and what's happened. Think of this. He created all things, everything in heaven and earth, visible, invisible. And he created all things. Everything's before him and it's through him and it's for him. And he holds everything together. The Lord is the head of the church. He is preeminent in everything. And it was the Father's good pleasure to do things this way to reconcile the world to himself through the Lord Jesus Christ and through, what does it say, the blood of his cross. Now, again, this goes to uh, very teachings that were popping up in the early church and that pop up in the church today. Okay, These verses give us the truth. Okay, uh, Somebody comes and says, well, there's other ways to God and be right with God other than the Lord Jesus Christ. These verses right here verify that to be not true. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And then several other writings in the New Testament that show us this. this. These passages shows us the necessity of the blood of the cross. Now, let's go in verse 21. It says this, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death. So let me stop right there. That was verse 21, part of verse 22. As a matter of fact, 21, 22, and 23 here are all one sentence. You know how Paul likes to do this. 
So what's he saying? Remember how you were before, that you were alienated. <laughs> you were away from God, separated from God. You were hostile in mind. Okay, you were hostile toward God. You didn't have anything to do with it. And you were doing evil deeds. This is a description in the state of people who are unsaved, who are unregenerated. He said, even though you were like this, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body. That fleshly body is a big thing because there was a, a, a teaching of the Gnostics and even teachings today that Jesus was more like what we would call an apparition. Yes, they saw him and everything, but he didn't really have a real human body. He was just God manifesting himself, and it looked like a body, but it wasn't a real body. Here the Spirit's telling Paul to say, a fleshly body, a fleshly body that brought peace through the blood of the cross, a fleshly body that experienced death. Look what he says. Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death. See, the only way that Jesus could experience death was to have a body of flesh. And he did it. Why did he do it? Well, glad you asked. Verse 22, the balance of it tells us why. In order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Jesus did this, and the Father used him, Jesus, to reconcile us to him. So it's saying right here that he presented himself <coughs> as a fleshly body. He experienced death in order that we would be presented before him, which him is that? Is it the Father? Yes. Is it the Son? Yes. Before the Godhead, holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Have you ever thought of yourself that way? If you're a true believer, this is who you are. You're holy. You're blameless. You're beyond reproach. Now, I know, and boy, I've gotten on this many, many times, you know, haven't I? Uh, but I think we do a little disservice to the truth of the reality of who we are as believers. But it's so often said, and so commonly said, people will say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, that's true. You were a sinner. That's what he's saying right here. You were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, and you were engaged in evil deeds. Yet, now, you have been reconciled by his fleshly body, and through death, you've been presented to him as holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And people say, well, then why, then why do we sin? We sin because we choose to. We can still choose to sin, but we don't, we don't sin because... We're sinners that are saved by grace. We're not sinners continuing on to be sinners and define ourselves as a sinner who is saved by grace. You know, I'm going to get in by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin into eternity. No, 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 no. We're described repeatedly in Scripture as holy and blameless and beyond reproach. That's who we are before him. So we don't have to sin. The only reason we sin is because we choose to. We have the power not to because the very fullness of God himself dwells within us. Often we'll say, well, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Yes, but all the fullness of the Godhead dwells within us. Father, Son, and Spirit. Verse 22 again. Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body and through death in order to present you before him holy blameless and beyond reproach. In the last verse, if indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you've heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, 
and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. So what's Paul saying right there? Again, another loaded verse right there. Okay? He's saying, if you continue in the faith, then this is who you are. Paul says this in several places, that the strongest evidence that you are truly actually saved is the fact that you continue on in the faith. It's not that you continue on in the faith to attain salvation. It's the fact that because of the salvation that you have, that the Lord has granted us, that you continue on, that you press on in the faith, established, steadfast, not moving away from the gospel that was presented to you. If you step away from that steadfastness, if you move away from that hope, well, then that is the sin that will, uh, the, the stepping away that will lead into sin. Now, you don't lose your salvation, as some people teach and preach. That's no, you don't lose your salvation like you lose your car keys. As a matter of fact, we are told that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who keeps us. He keeps those that are his. But what he's saying is this, you are holy, you're blameless, and you're beyond reproach. If you continue in what you have, you continue in the faith, you continue what you have been established in, you remain steadfast. You don't move away from the hope of the gospel. This very hope of the gospel that's been proclaimed through all creation under the heavens. Isn't that a wild little phrase? And Paul says, and you know, God made me a minister of this, made me a, pro a proclaimer of this. Uh, we'll continue on this, okay? My time's up as always. Thank you for your time, and I'll see you next time.